0: Welcome to the CFB Dynasty Podcast with hosts Matt Knowles and Brian McElfresh. Hey
1: everybody, how you doing out there? It's Matt Knowles and Brian McElfresh and we are here with the CFB Dynasty College Fantasy Football Podcast. For week nine, we're going to be talking about our reactions to week eight, what's going to be coming up in week nine. But the thing that is on BMax' mind and mine right now to start off is bi-week brutality what the heck is going on with all these bye weeks smashed into a couple of weeks bmac what are your thoughts about the bi-week situation
0: oh my goodness it is so brutal so this week um let me go really quick looking at my lineup here um we did have the nice head-to-head last week between me and you uh we don't oh, That wasn't nice. It. that wasn't
1: nice at all that wasn't <laughs> nice at all you kicked the living crap out of me man that's not nice ever <laughs>
0: Well, all of those players, I, I'm going up against Gordy this week. I don't think I have a doubleheader, and uh, thankfully. I'm going because... up against Gordy
1: too, so we're both going to go out there and give him the beat down. Listen here, but... Gordy Miller, just going forfeit right now because we're going to beat you down, son.
0: But <laughs> well, I've got my JV team <laughs> running out, so uh, we're going to go over injuries in a little bit, but I've got Bryce Young on a bye. DeQuan Finn is uh, not 100% if he's going to play or not this week, took a late hit. Um, Marquez Cooper, who I normally start, is on a bye. Shipley's on a bye. Zach Evans mysteriously just didn't play and still doesn't have a red flag in the uh, fan tracks. Um, Reese White, not fully back and getting a lot of carries. Boutte, I uh, wouldn't play him anyways, but he's on a bye. Um, Xavier Worthy's on a bye. It is rough for me. And I've got in my currently in my starting lineup, I've got Rasheed Rice, who's hurt. Tyler Scott, who's hurt. At least Rice played last week. Scott didn't play. So ugh, it's going to be a rough, rough week with a lot of freshmen starting for me.
1: So last week in a, uh, in an intense doubleheader week for me in CFB, I had 15 guys out. Now, just so you guys <laughs> know the way our league is set up, we've got pretty, uh, pretty large rosters because you only get uh it's a, it's a college pro dynasty. So you're able to go and pick up, you know, freshmen that you want to be able to see them develop, uh, but you have limited pickups. So you only get basically three pickups in the course of the season. That's why the rosters are so big, but even so 15 guys out, whether it was buys or injuries is half of your roster. And when you've got half your roster out, you don't really have a whole lot of options to be able to do something.
0: And you uh, say big, I don't know that they're that big. Like uh, some of these other leagues that I've seen, they house way more players than we do. So we have what four quarter I no, five quarterbacks, quarterbacks seven running backs seven receivers
1: but yeah so last week three having had
0: ends three defenses yeah. three kickers yeah
1: having 15 guys out last week was just absolutely brutal for me um lost or actually I, I think I split in the doubleheader but it's also because I was playing against uh some inferior an inferior opponent not BMAC <laughs> but the other guy I was playing put an inferior <laughs> roster up there I won't say what his name is <laughs> Sean Howard um <laughs> But luckily for me, he decided to to allow me to uh, to basically get the FCS win. Um, still barely in the playoff hunt. Only two weeks left in the uh, regular season. That's crazy, can... right?
0: Two oh. weeks left. I know we've yeah. Some of us have double headers and whatnot, but two weeks left before the fantasy playoffs start. is crazy.
1: Hopefully, I can sneak into the playoffs. I mean, you know, the way I always look at it is, it doesn't matter if you're going the one seed or the six seed. You just want to get there, and um, I'm right there on the cusp. Um, man, we'll see what happens. But in the other league, uh, MVP is uh, the other league that is the other main college league I'm in. Last week, I was hit from all sides, and I ended up going into a doubleheader there as well with no quarterback, no quarterback. Mm. I had guys out for the year, guys on a buy. Um, I had uh, uh, Talia Tongavailoa was a game time decision, and that's where it's frustrating because they kept saying, "Hey, he looks like he's going to start. Looks like he's going to start. Looks like he's going to start," and then right at game time. They said, oh, oh yeah, he's going to sit out this week. And he wasn't (laughs) even supposed to be my starter. You had the very tragic situation happen at uh, San Jose State where the running back got killed on a Friday morning. So they canceled the game uh, at the last minute. Chevin Cordero was going to be my starter. So going into a doubleheader in college with no quarterback, you know exactly what happened. Lost both games, uh, one of which wouldn't have mattered if I had the best quarterback in the world. I still would have lost. But the other one I clearly would have won if I would have had a quarterback. But that was week eight. Week nine, same thing. I wish they would spread some of these buys out. Uh, NFL and college both right now have just got a crush of buys in these weeks. And uh, it just is too much. There's far too many buys right now. It is ridiculous.
0: Do they not even consider fantasy football?
1: I'm saying they're going to have betting (laughs) deals. They're going to have all these kind of things. And they're not even going to consider the fact that we can't have every single team in the country having buys seven, eight, nine, 10. It's absolutely ridiculous. BMAC, get on the phone, do something about it. You have the power just like he, man.
0: I'll text some people.
1: All right. So after that little diatribe, let's get back to some of our actual reactions to what happened on the field for the very few teams that actually played in week eight. Um, the first thing for me, uh, that huge game last week between uh, Clemson and Syracuse Syracuse was dominating, dominating Clemson until they benched DJU, put their backup quarterback in, and Clemson sparked new life, and they ended up getting that W, that huge fourth quarter comeback. They've stated that there's no quarterback controversy, but come on, Syracuse was going to win that game until that quarterback switch happened. I think there is going to be a quarterback controversy at Clemson. What do you think, Mac?
0: I don't think so, man. They're saying all the right things. You heard what, or if you didn't hear what Klubnik said, DJU said, uh, like, they're on the same page. I feel like they've just got a really good culture there at Clemson. It's the makings of something good, although, if DJU struggles, like, it's gonna have to happen. Everybody kind of thought Klubnik would win that job early in this season, but uh, it hasn't happened quite yet, and I, I don't I don't know which way I would bet on Clemson finishing the year, but uh, controversy internally maybe not. But yeah, sh- uh, I don't know. I think Klebnik is gonna end up starting at the end of the season.
1: I will say I do have to, uh, yeah. I put my hats off to uh, Clemson. They've gone through the gauntlet with some really tough teams, and they've showed them what's up. Syracuse, I think, has showed that they are they're a solid team as well. Syracuse is a uh, really turned it around. We've talked about the transition for that team from um uh, being a pass happy offense to being a balanced offense and they they're showing that they are they're gonna be around for a while as a as a solid club. So uh hats off to Syracuse with what they've done the last couple of weeks against NC State. And even though it was a loss to Clemson, they put they put themselves on the national map this week.
0: Yeah, this is gonna be interesting next year to see what happens kind of after Tucker leaves and are they gonna kind of throw it around a little bit more even with um, potentially carlos del rio taking over there but you never know what's going to happen in the portal um so i had some weird scenarios similar to our trade offer where it's like hey if you don't think you're going to make the playoffs why don't you send me chris thornton for uh, some future assets or nfl assets and we didn't end up making a trade similar in other leagues where people were trying to come after some of my young talent and give me some older guys for me to make a run but uh Didn't feel like trading, you know, Carlos Del Rio or Trevor Etienne and some of these other future assets that I've got. But those are the things that happen right before the deadline. So for me, you you said something about players who actually played. Well, funny, one of mine is a guy who still didn't play, Zach Evans, who just mysteriously didn't play last week. Um, There was rumors on Twitter about him kind of being hurt or not playing, and those ended up being right even though he wasn't, you know, no red flag, no injury news, no injury reports. He just doesn't play. So no idea what to expect this week. Still nothing.
1: That's something I really, really hope. And again, it's a refrain that we've come back to many times on the show. There's got to be better injury reporting in college football. It's there's so much gamesmanship in, uh, in college football when it comes to the injury report, because they want to get a, a tactical advantage and there's got to be some kind of, uh, legislation that's going to get that to where you know we as as fantasy footballers need that information but it just doesn't seem like the injury report should be something that uh should be something that could be used as a gamesmanship kind of thing it, let's get that information out there and, and and let people know so that they can plan accordingly i mean just think if you're a fan and you have a, guy, a team that's coming in and you think you're going to be able to go see a certain player play and you're excited to see him. You get to the stadium and they just don't play for no reason. That would be frustrating as well.
0: That's why I don't go to NBA games anymore. Not that I used to go to many in general, but when Philly comes to town or whatever, I would typically go. But that's a if they come to Orlando, that's a common sit-out game. And that, that's just that does suck. So hopefully that does get fixed.
1: All right, so uh, another thing that's on my mind, is there going to be room for Tillman in the uh, Tennessee offense with Hyatt just going absolutely berserk, berserk in the last three weeks? Hyatt has 17 receptions, 444 yards, and nine touchdowns. Tillman is an NFL talent. He was a high draft pick. Um, Hopefully when he comes back, there's going to be room for him. But it is there going to be, be room for him and Hyatt to be able to still both be at the top of the uh, top of the list? Or yes. is he going to hurt Hyatt's value? What do you think, BMAC, about what's going to happen when Tillman comes back? There are, are rumors and notes he might be back this week. We shall see.
0: So for injuries and stuff like this, when it comes to fantasy, like he looks at like Jackson Smith and Jigba and his like second uh, attempt to come back from an injury. I like to see a full game and see production before I actually feel good starting them in my lineup. So, I'm waiting for Tillman. Let's wait and let's see what he does when he comes back for a game before he even gets in my lineup unless it's a dire need. So, yeah, there's room. I what I see, I would foresee like Tillman and Hyatt both being top 10 starts for us many weeks depending on who Tennessee's playing against. You know, we've only got, you know, you know, five weeks left for all the people that make it to the championship. So, I do I've, think one of the I interesting things. Yeah.
1: I think yeah. one of the interesting things there, like you just said, five weeks left. If somebody's going to make a deep run in the playoffs, is this going to change somebody's thought process about? Am I going to put Tillman into my starting lineup? Because if you've made the playoffs, you've made them with other guys. Mm-hmm. Are you going to go and bench somebody that has got you to the playoffs? So you can put a guy back in that hasn't done anything this year um, statistically and take a chance in a playoff game with a guy that, you know, is is hoping to be able to, to snipe some stats from Hyatt. So it makes a very interesting situation coming out of that Tennessee offense.
0: Yep. Got to see it first, in my opinion, playoffs or not. Got to see it before I start him.
1: So, uh, so BMAC, you had a couple of teams you wanted to make sure you talked about that you said, Felt like poison this week. What were your poison, your poison teams?
0: This is one of those things for going into the draft and we'll talk about it more. This is more of like mock draft season going into our preseason rankings and cheat sheets and all that stuff. You look at O lines and how good they're going to be. And then you also kind of try and project how good of a team they're going to be. So if um, you know, a coach is coming to the end of his run, like Dan Mullen at Florida, where things just went sour, and you just couldn't trust anything that you saw fantasy wise. And you kind of project teams in that way, not always. You know, they're bad teams with great fantasy options, for sure. Um, but you more often than not want to choose more or players from more successful teams. So right now, I don't think there's anybody that's startable in Miami. And I don't think there's anybody that's startable. Maybe, maybe, like if you're desperate like me, I'm going to have to start Evan Stewart this week for Texas A&M. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be at A&M this week. Could be Wegman, the five-star freshman. Um, but I, I don't know. There's there's injury concerns there. So yeah. I can't I'm think on. of anyone else. I mean, A-Chain is a good start because he gets a lot of carries. Um, but mostly those teams are just poisonous right now. I I would avoid if possible at all costs.
1: Yeah. And that's frustrating for me too, because I've got a Henry Parrish that I may have no choice, but to start him this week for Miami and uh, you know, definitely, definitely a team that doesn't put up the right kind of stats. It's very frustrating. So uh, if I can get him out of my lineup, if I can get some other injury concerns worked out before the Saturday games, I might have to pull him out, but I may have no choice, but to put him in the game.
0: Yeah, and you've got other things happening at a with player suspensions, people smoking in the locker room, getting suspended, whatever. It's uh, it's a bit crazy. I expect the portal to be uh, wild for a and this offseason.
1: So um, if we go to the field, some of the good things that happened on the field this past week, you got Luke McCaffrey at Rice, 10 mm-hmm. receptions, 171 yards and two TDs, plus a rushing touchdown. So um, he's somebody you want to keep on your radar. He's somebody that you might want to go and pick up if you've got any player pickups left in your league because uh, that's a huge stat line right there. When you get in 10 receptions in a game, you know he's getting targeted. Might be somebody you want to target. Um, what do you think about Luke McCaffrey's performance there at Rice? I know Rice is not normally a school that we talk a whole lot about in uh, in fantasy football.
0: Yeah, I just want to see more consistency out of him, really, before I I play him. Uh, a lot. So great game, obviously great game for him, but uh, let's see, what did he have the week before? Um,
1: I feel like he, I feel like last week was his breakout week. I feel like it was a breakout week for him last week. Yeah. He was definitely not a, definitely a, a week that is not something that's uh, consistent with what he's done previously. Right. I feel like he had two weeks before that, that were not much at all. So I think that that's uh
0: Yep, I think that's right, but I see something I need to update on the rankings sheet real quick before we screen share and get to that point. Um, So, yeah, your other guy that you had on there, Hemby, what a game for him. I thought about picking him up, but I was looking at his schedule. Like, the next three weeks, he is unstartable.
1: Yeah, and it's that the thing about Hemby, goes into a game, like we talked about a little bit earlier, Talia Tonga-Vailoa sat out, so the backup quarterback was playing. And he decided he was going to he was going to come out and do something. 179 yards, three touchdowns on the ground, became a running game or running team in Maryland. Last two weeks, 286 yards and four touchdowns. So um, like you said, you may have some consistency right there. But heading into the college fantasy playoffs, do you want to have a Maryland, a Maryland running back against top level competition at that uh, going into the college fantasy playoffs? So it makes it tough.
0: And Littleton, is he coming back? I can't remember on the injury front, but he was really good remember. when he played. So that, that was another concern for me is like, Oh, do I use one of my three pickups on a guy who a has a really difficult schedule the rest of the way and b, you know, might have uh, more of a timeshare coming up soon.
1: And then uh, one of the last, the last uh, statistical thing we wanted to bring up from last week, Damian Martinez, um, I actually feel feel good about the fact that I picked him up in our in our draft this year. I was I was very deficient at a wide receiver and running back coming in, and I decided to go with guys that I thought were going to be statistical uh, players this year. A wide receiver went a little bit up, more upperclassmen. Running backs went with a lot of freshmen. I was trying to just build up with, with guys that looked like they were going to be around for a while. Uh, Damian Martinez is one of them at Oregon State. Did not expect that he was going to become the guy at Oregon State this year. Uh, last week, 22 carries, 178 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, over the past two weeks, he's had our, he's had 289 yards. Looks like he's now the number one at Oregon State with the number of carries that he's getting. So uh, that is definitely the kind of guy that you do want to pick up. Yep. If you've got Damian Martinez that's available in your league right now heading into the playoffs, that is somebody you want to get because he's going to be around for a while and he's going to be able to help your team out this season and going into the next couple of years as well.
0: All right, that sounds good. Uh, I think we're good on this. Let's get to some news and notes. News and notes. News and notes. All right, so this is going to hurt, y'all. Along with all the bye weeks that we have to deal with, there's a bunch of injuries, too. So Tony Mathis, running back for West Virginia, was was doing really good when C.J. Donaldson was out, and now he's hurt. Um, and I think second quarter injury there was seen on wearing like a brace or whatever on the sidelines. So, uh, CJ Donaldson though, should be back and get all of those carries from, uh, Mathis. I really thought, uh, about using him in my brisket lock, but I went with someone a little bit differently or a little bit different there at running back actually this week. Um.
1: Yeah, I feel like I feel like your brisket lock, I know who he is. I feel like it was a very, very intelligent pick. I think you went into the upper echelons of your intelligence to pick that brisket lock this week, so good job. We'll get to that a little bit later, but I digress. Let's get back to what you
0: were saying. One of the guys that we talked about is a great waiver wire pickup uh, just a few weeks ago when uh, EJ Smith went out for the season was Casey Filkins, who took on all those carries, had some really good productive weeks in terms of uh, fantasy performances for Stanford, but... Now he is out for this week, maybe out for the rest of the season. Oof. So you're potentially looking at Caleb Robinson, um, who's only averaging three and a half yards a carry so far uh, this season. But, you know, he's only he's got less than 20 touches. So we'll see if maybe Caleb Robinson will be someone, if you're super desperate, you can pick up from Stanford. Um, Christopher Brooks and Cody Epps for BYU have both been ruled out for the game Friday against East Carolina. Um, Adrian Martinez at Kansas State did not practice on Monday and may not practice until Thursday to see if he can go this week. James Blackman is expected back for Arkansas State. We talked about Daquan Finn earlier. Zach Towsboy. Wait and see mode after taking a big hit late. so uh, I don't know if he's going to play or not. Um, luckily, how our league handles it for me, having him on the team, having to hopefully start him this week, is we just list our list our backups in our group Slack channel or our league Slack channel. Um, so if he doesn't play, I'll at least have, like, Dracovic or someone else who I really expected to never play this year. Uh, Jeff Sims, day-to-day with a sprained foot. Um... Tagavailoa expected back after the week off this week. Um, let's see if there's any other notable ones in here for you guys right now. I don't, I don't really think so. I'm really still waiting on Tyler Scott. He was in a walking walking boot uh, pregame Saturday. Uh, same, just you know, quote helpful to return. Um, we'll see if he makes it back this week. And then Chris Marshall was one of the guys that's been suspended indefinitely for Texas A&M.
1: I do know one of the guys we've talked about recently too is the Webb at uh, South Alabama. Uh, he's been dealing with an injury. Uh, that's probably one of the most disappointing players. We haven't been doing the, uh, uh, the milk cartons here. and We did talk about it again last week, but the uh, Damian Webb a lot of people went out there, picked him up. He was, he could do no wrong. And then the last two weeks he's been dealing with the injury concern combined 10 carries for 24 yards over two weeks. Um, that South Alabama offense has just fallen off the, off the radar. And uh, I know for guys like myself in CFB, I had the choice of, do I pick up Damian Webb or Israel Abanacanda And I went with the former and I am hurting right now because of that. <laughs> But, uh, you know, when you look at the numbers, you look at the stats, you look at the trends, everything said that the Damian Webb was going to be the guy going forward. And he still could be, but South Alabama and his injury situation really need to get that scored away.
0: On the free agent side, you know, with our limitation and pickups, it would be kind of fun to... Also mix in free agent budget somehow. Um, But yeah, I got sniped again for the second time. Uh, Gordy sniped me. I was trying to get uh, Banacanda earlier as my final pickup, and now um, this past week he got Richard Reese. Um, Because I was kind of waiting to see if uh, Tay McWilliams would come back ever from his concussion And kind of split carries with Reese and kind of see how that, uh, you know, workload would be distributed there, but not happening. So I did go with a a homer pick, sort of, but I think in terms of NFL potential, I I snagged uh, Trevor Etienne from Florida just as kind of a stash for the future. But, but unfortunately, also, also, so I actually have a, to start him this week.
1: Oh, a little bit of a homer pick, too, but that's OK, because, uh, you know, sometimes it's nice to be able to have guys on your own squad that you can uh, you can cheer for.
0: Yeah, he's the only only Gator that I've got on the team right now. But um, all right.
1: I think it's time for us to that's go and look at the rankings. Let's go to the let's rankings and uh, and see where we're at. This is going to be interesting this week because there are so many guys on a bye so many guys on a buy that the rankings really are going to matter a lot this week
0: yeah let me just say two things before we totally get into it so we're working on some tools that we're we're building um might be able to demo some of them by the end of the year but it's going to kind of break this rankings up into different tools that you'll be able to use to optimize your lineup optimize dfs and other things that are super cool i was showing matt some of the concepts pre-show here um What do you think about them just overall without giving anything away?
1: Oh, I I think the tools are going to be great. I think that, um, you know, it's one thing to have a great database in the background, but it's also just as good to be able to have the front end that's going to make it easier for people to get the information that they want in as few clicks as possible. And Mm -hmm. those tools seem like things that are going to help bridge that gap a little bit to take this great information and make it a lot more front end usable.
0: Yep. Yeah, it's definitely going to be more... Fun to use and uh, like different information that's going to be great for identifying waiver wire pickups, identifying weak defenses who are giving up the most against, you know, giving up the most fantasy points against the position that you're looking at, whatever. So, some great, great stuff coming in the future that we're working towards. Um, But right now, this is uh, what we're rolling with. We've got the data here in front of us. There was an issue a fan tracks issue with uh, exporting to get some of the fantasy data in here um where a lot of teams showed up with bye weeks erroneously um i don't know what all those teams were so we did have someone reach out in the discord just like i i asked y'all to let me know if you see anyone that's missing that's obvious so like usc is a team that's missing and it's because fan tracks had them listed with a bye week. I noticed when I got down to tight ends and I saw Brock Bowers was missing, I saw Dalton Kincaid was missing, and so you know that means all of the Georgia players and Utah players were listed erroneously with a bye, so they don't show up on this rankings list. So I'll have to manually add some of those back in. So like Caleb Williams, um, with all his data, it's got to be added in manually. So. I will work on that before games kick off and I'll try and get that done today. But for the sake of this show, you know, we're not going to have some people featured in there, sadly.
1: All right. So we're going to get to the guys that are featured. So if we go to the quarterbacks, the top five are all guys that we've uh, we've seen in the rankings, but let's, let's go to who these guys are. So Austin Reed from Western Kentucky, you have it. Number one, Uh, Let's 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 go to him. Let's talk about why Austin Reed takes that top spot this week.
0: Yeah, kind of a down week last week with 19.4 fantasy points in week eight. Um, They've got a 10 point spread with Western Kentucky favored. So anytime you've got a quarterback that's that's favored in a pretty close game, you expect the game script to be going just as as Western Kentucky would want it to be. And they'll be throwing a lot in a huge over-under matchup, 70 and a half on that game. So projected final score somewhere around 40 to 30, Western Kentucky against North Texas. That's a 330 uh, kick on Saturday.
1: And, and I know one of the things too, when uh, when you look at those high over-unders, you do want to take a look at the spread as well, because you might say, oh, hey, this is great. It's going to be a 70-point over-under. But if the spread is a 40-point spread, you have to say, okay, well maybe my guy's not going to be playing the whole game. Yep. So in a game like that, where it's 40 to 30, that is the kind of game where there Austin Reed should be playing the whole game. Um, based on those numbers. And, uh, so that, that is going to give him more opportunity to be able to get the stats that you're looking for.
0: hundred percent. We've got Bo Nix. He's been a staple in the top five, surprisingly this year. And, uh, <clears throat> they're playing against Cal. His last uh, few fantasy matchups, he's he's just been killing it. Last week, no disappointment whatsoever going up against UCLA, uh, hosting them at home. Last week, he put up 46 fantasy points, and that was 10 points above his, his uh, 36 average. Um, they're favored by 17. The over-under is small, but they're still projected to score 37 points. So... Um, Uh, against Cal so good start there at number three we've got C.J. Stroud um you know you saw them last week against Iowa and Iowa's got a solid defense this week against Penn State on the road um if you think back to I think like 2016-ish that's about when Penn State at home upset Ohio State um that kind of thing could happen again but I I haven't seen evidence that Ohio State's going to slow down against anyone. CJ Stroud, if you've got him, is pretty much a guaranteed start. Doesn't matter the defense. Um, and so we'll see. Uh, let's see. That one is its projected final score around 38 to 23. At number four, we've got Max Duggan, TCU at West Virginia. Uh, another Saturday game. Uh, projected shootout with a over under of 69 there about a 38 31 projected finish there and then at number 5 um Hennon Hooker Tennessee against Kentucky at home um he's his last 3 games he's put up 27 49 and 32 and a, a big 63 and a half over under for a 12 and a half point spread would put the final score around Thirty-eight
1: twenty-five. so i'm gonna i'm gonna throw one at you here b mac put you on the spot if tillman if it is known that tillman is going to come back before that game do you see hooker in your mind moving up the rankings at all or would you leave him at five uh, regardless of whether tillman comes back or not
0: tillman will would not affect the spread in any way so i i wouldn't it wouldn't adjust how i feel about hooker whatsoever
1: okay all right, so let's uh, let's jump on down to the running backs, the top five for this week. Number one, you got Zach Charbonnet from UCLA versus Stanford. I don't know if you saw the pictures of Stanford Stadium last week, but Stanford was the laughingstock. It was like a Florida <laughs> Marlins noon baseball game on a Wednesday back in the day when you could literally go and count by hand the number of people in the stadium. It was ridiculous. Stanford, what is going on?
0: That's rough, man. Yeah, seeing that was so sad coming across the screen. It's like, oh, what are you doing? Like, what else can you do there? Um, and what else can you do to miss, or, or what would you do to miss a college football Saturday that you can't do in, like, January? Go to the game, watch the game. That's, that's, that's brutal.
1: Stanford needs somebody like uh, Marshawn Lynch at the Cal, the Cal game last week. I don't know if you saw that. I was watching that live I didn't with, see uh, it when Marshawn Lynch uh, dropped a mofos live on the air because he was talking about the people in the crowd. He's like, man, back in our day, these mofos. And he went, oh, and looked at the camera just like that. I was like, oh, this is going to go viral because he caught himself. And then two (laughs) seconds later, he cursed again on live TV. Um, But it actually went viral. And he was calling out the alumni for not showing up to Cal games. And I'm like, maybe Stanford needs a Marshawn Lynch to come back there Curse on national television. Call them out. Maybe they can get another couple hundred people in the stands at Stanford.
0: <laughs> They're going to need it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, man, I love Marshawn. Um, so, yeah, no Marshawn from Cal listed here. But, yeah, Charbonnet, as you said, he's just been hundred, like so consistent from a fantasy output. But, yeah, big over-under. And this is where, you know, if you're looking at running backs, the bigger the spread – in favor of your running back, the more you think the game script's going to go your way, right? So 40-23, to you would expect UCLA to get a lead against Stanford and then just pound the ball. Um, All game long, UCLA will be able to do whatever they want to do. At number two, Kendra Miller from TCU. He's been hyper-consistent, too. So he's averaging 20 a game. His last three, 16, 24, 29 and uh, a big spread there, or a, sorry, a big over-under in a seven-point game spread there for uh, TCU at West Virginia. a Abana Kanda uh, for Pitt at UNC. It's going to be a fun one to kind of see the battle of which team wins. Is it going to be Pitt's running game? Is it going to be UNC's passing game? Um, that That's able to kind of take over there, but that's a three-point spread, 64-point over-under. That'll be a fun one.
1: And with a band of candy, you can't expect. I mean, we, he had the, the, the unicorn game, 330 yards, six touchdowns. Um, you could not expect to have him have numbers like that. Obviously, his numbers were down last week, but he still had a great game. So uh, where is he going to end up leveling out? Is he going to level out in between those games? Is he going to fall off because of over usage? Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see uh, what he does for the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. We've got uh, Kalan Leborn at number four against Coastal Carolina. He's been really good, really consistent, and uh, that should be another close game there. And then at number five, we've got Muhammad Ibrahim against Rutgers, and um, he's he's uh, someone that's been able to defeat the Achilles. You know, it hasn't happened for a lot of these NFL guys. Maybe he's just was young enough to be able to heal over the course of a year, but he has been so good. So good. You think he's going to get drafted next year in the, in the NFL draft?
1: You know, I think the running back is a lot better chance, but then again, I think it's probably going to be later, later rounds.
0: Agreed. Agreed.
1: So that's a, that's a top five at at running back. So now let's jump on down to the wide receivers. Some of these guys we've talked about, uh, we've talked about every one of these guys over the last couple of weeks um but let's go first to jalen hyatt we've talked about him not because of what he's done on the field i mean we've already given you his stats but we've talked about is he going to be able to hold off tillman are they going to be able to work together how is this going to affect hyatt's statistical performance But you see based on cfb dynasty cfb dynasty has him at number one this week what's your reasoning BMAC?
0: Well, yeah, uh, he's just been the primary receiver um, for a while now in one of the best passing offenses in the country, a team that runs more plays than anyone else. Um, So you got to love what Tennessee's doing in terms of just really featuring Hyatt. He gets all the deep shots, um, getting plenty of targets every game. So Kentucky's uh, a tough one. If this was at Kentucky, he probably wouldn't be number one, I feel like, because... They've got a really good defense, and uh, it's kind of a sleepy place to go play. It's a good place uh, to go play now, but, you know, Kentucky's good. This had the potential of, of being kind of a ranked-on-ranked, ranked really great game, but, um, you know, Tennessee's kind of gearing up for Georgia. You worry maybe a little bit about a look ahead there, but um, that, that Tennessee-Georgia game's going to be awesome to watch. Number Tank two, you got, yeah, Yo. Tank
1: Dell from Houston. Tank Dell is a, is a beast. Um, yeah, Tank Dell versus South Florida. Why do we have him at number two?
0: Yep, another big spread here. So this is what you're looking for. You want these shootouts for receivers. They're playing against South Florida, and it should be a beat down, like a forty to twenty one kind of final score. There, he's been great and consistent lately. Um, man, one guy that I tried so hard to get early in the year. From Uncle Joe, when he was averaging like three fantasy points a game until he's been uh, just going off lately, Quinton Johnston, he's now, like if you look at NFL mock drafts, he's now the top projected receiver on a lot of these mock drafts that are coming out now. And he's got the size and the speed and all of that stuff, but now he's being featured in the offense. So although he's only averaging 13.5 fantasy points per game, the last few, it's 33 28 15. And, uh, you know, a lot of TCU players are a great start this week. At number four, we've got Rasheed Rice at Tulsa. Should be a, a shootout here to a 35 32 ish finish. Um, Rice has been kind of hobbled a little bit. So, that's something to monitor hasn't scored a touchdown in the last three games, but that means any game now, I expect him to just go off. So he's not someone with all the targets that he gets. He is not someone that I would be willing to sit um, unless he was, like, guaranteed to be sitting out this game.
1: And then at five and six, you've got guys from Ohio State. I feel like if we go back and we were to go back and look at these podcasts, There has been two guys from the same school in the top five or six every week for the past month, whether it's, uh, was it Kent? Was it Kent? UTSA, excuse me, UTSA and Ohio State. One of those two schools has had two guys in those top rankings every week for the last few weeks. So let's talk about, you got Egbuka and you got Marvin Harrison Jr. at five and six. Let's talk about both of them.
0: Yeah, and they're trying to kind of ease Smith and Jigba back into it. So that could take away from one of these guys. If it does take away from one, it would be Egbuka. But I think they're they're all going to play. It's going to be in a super intense uh, noon kickoff at Penn State there. So that one's going to be fun. They're both averaging 20 fantasy points a game. They're within five fantasy points of each other on the season. And uh, it should be plenty of points to go around for that Ohio State offense. If you've got either of them or both of them, start them. One other guy to mention that's kind of been coming on since his coming back from his injury, like where my rule is like, you know, wait a week, let's see them play, see them produce before you start someone coming off a long injury. Puka Nakua for BYU has just come out hot. So he had one point in his uh, three weeks ago, but then... 36 and 22 the last two weeks so he's another one that is low in terms of total output for the season but is a great great start this week
1: all right so that's the uh, the top fives of the positions like we say every week you want to make sure you're subscribed to cfbdynasty.com because most likely if you're in a 12 team league we probably didn't talk about a whole lot of guys that are on your roster if we did talk about a bunch of guys on your roster you've got a great roster I'm glad I'm not playing you this week but um, most likely your guys that you're making decisions on are going to be deeper into the rankings. So go up to cfbdynasty.com, subscribe, make sure that you do that so that that way you can get in there and you can get the information that matters to you from the rankings.
0: Yeah, let's do it. And uh, for any of the guys that we didn't get to that you want to talk about, you know, we do the start sit portion and we'll talk about a couple that are on the discord next, but that's where to have it, you know, hop on, ask some questions and, and let's, uh, collaborate there. And as we get these new tools, like in a beta stage where they'll be ready for y'all to preview, it's going to happen only for the Discord peeps. So uh, keep that coming, invite your friends, invite your mom, and uh, let's go talk some CFB.
1: That's right. So let's let's go back over to the Discord. You talked about the Discord. We have people asking questions. We have people put some good start, sit questions up there for us. So right now we've pulled three from the Discord for us to be talking about. So ALCR 4015, is flex question. He wants to know if Cameron Peoples, Malachi Thomas, or Isaiah Winstead. BMAC and I had a really fruitful conversation about this one prior to, to recording this podcast. We didn't even finish the conversation because it was so good that we felt like we just wanted to continue it here. I don't think either one of us knows who the other one's going to pick as the uh, the starter sit in this one. So um it's a it's a it's a half-point PPR league. Um so um, BMAC, let, let's get into it. So uh, Cameron Peoples, my guy from from Appalachian State, um, he had a big week last week, but um, they're playing against Robert Morris this week, FCS. You don't know how long a guy like Cameron Peoples is going to be in the game. So he might go in, he might get a ton of stats in the beginning of the game, but he also might, they, there might be somebody else that gets those stats and they might pull him out at the end of the first quarter. Robert Morris is not a good team for FCS. They're winless. So if you play Cameron Peoples, you you're taking that risk uh, that he might not be getting those stats when he's actually in the game.
0: Yep. Yeah, that's so, that's just like week one. To kind of takes you back to those huge mismatches where, yeah, yeah, like you said, you gotta hope they get their touches and they get their points in the in the first half. And uh, then, uh, that, that's where we, it is with Peoples.
1: We both kind of ruled out Malachi Thomas, even though he's getting a lot of targets. He's playing against the NC State defense. NC State's offense is absolutely um, in shambles right now with injuries and with the quarterback situation, but it doesn't take away from the fact that they've got a great defense. Virginia Tech does not, is not a good team, so when you've got a, a not good team that's going up against that stout NC State defense, it's probably going to uh, diminish his, uh, his value. Uh, then you've also got Isaiah Winstead. Uh, he's got uh, great targets, but he's playing at BYU. So, uh, BMAC, what would your choice be out of those three? Peoples, Malachi, Thomas, Isaiah, Winston. If you had to go make your decision right now, games are happening in five minutes, who's going to be the one you put in the lineup?
0: So, I like Peoples a lot as a running back, as a player. I think um, just you're concerned about his output. So, in the last, last game they had against a really outmatched opponent. He got four carries, 102 yards and a touchdown, but if he doesn't get that touchdown, you know, you're you're screwed there. So he might have played a quarter there. They might be looking at getting some younger players involved. And I just can't risk the four carries o- outside of those two games against James Madison and um like Citadel or whoever that they that he got they got he got four carries against both of those respectively. He's had 23 carries, 17 and 19, and if he was going to get that, absolutely, I'd go with Peoples, but instead, I'm going to go with Isaiah Winstead, <coughs> Eastern Carolina. In terms of targets, um, in the last five games, he's had between seven and 16 targets. Actually, I'll just read them out to you, S- uh, starting with September 24th against ECU, or, sorry, against Navy, 14 targets, eight targets, 16 targets, 13 targets, seven targets. So uh, he's going to get his targets. He's going to get some catches and uh, you just hope for him to get in the end zone there. And I think uh, if I had to bet, or if I had to uh, pick, it would be Isaiah Winstead. How about you?
1: I'm in the same boat. I take Isaiah Winstead. All three of them are tough. I can totally understand why uh, LCR 4015 is having a little question there. um, Because when you're talking about ECU traveling to Brigham Young, that's, that definitely uh, makes that a little more of a, of a difficult play, but I think because of his number of targets that, uh, that that's the play, I do not feel good about, um, Cameron peoples, um, and him being able to be in that game for very long. So if I have a guy like Winston is getting those targets, that's who my play is going to be. Yep. Next, Three. we got Bronco fan. He wants to know, do you play Bo Nix versus Cal Baron yes. Morton versus Baylor or Garrett Schrader versus Notre Dame? Pick one pretty simple question right there.
0: Yes. Bo Nix. Hundred percent, Mister Consistent. At this point, you wonder for any of the dynasty leagues that have the college to pro aspect, is he gonna get a look in the NFL? Like he's got the talent. He was under, he was just used in a really weird system um, at um, under Gus Gus Malzahn at Auburn. You wonder if uh, you know some of these coaches with egos are looking at Bo Nix, wondering what they can do with him. And uh, he's got the arm. He's got all the uh, capabilities uh, for sure. And, oh, man, their receivers are taking off. Love what's going on at Oregon.
1: So then, uh, yeah, and I completely agree with you on that. And so the last question, we got Tucker Time 13. Tucker Time has Danny Tucker, one of the guys in our league that's been in here since the beginning. Um, so luckily, neither BMAC or I are playing against Danny this week because that would make this an interesting question so uh so tucker time so danny asked you want tavion thomas for utah or do you want gray for oklahoma this week um for me this is a pretty easy one i would go with gray from oklahoma and here's why tavion thomas hasn't had more than 91 yards in a game for the last month and a half gray on the other hand has had three games over 113 yards and he got 176 yards and two touchdowns last week so if you just look at the consistency there do I want a guy that consistently is going to cap out at 91, or do I want a guy that three times in the last five weeks has gone over 113 yards and he's been getting scores? I think Gray from Oklahoma is, is showing he's on the upswing. That's who my guy would be. What about you, Mac?
0: Agree there. Uh, the only concern is uh, how many carries will Javante Barnes get? He's been kind of eating away at uh, Gray's carries the last couple games, and it looks like He's potentially the future there at Oklahoma. So for any of you Devi or Dynasty Leagues, Keeper Leagues, uh, Javante Barnes would be a great pickup as a stash for the future. And, um, you know, I, I looked at him heavily. When I was comparing him to uh, Trevor Etienne, Like Barnes is someone I could start now and get some pretty good points this week. But you never want to base, uh, you know, when you get only three pickups and you're in a full keeper dynasty league. You never want to base it on one week. So I went with who I thought the better player was. Um, but yeah, Barnes is, is great. And he's just going to continue to pick it up, but I agree. Gray here is the pick. So
1: that's the three questions we pulled from discord. Make sure you get yourself up there on the discord, ask a question. You might be able to be featured next week on the podcast. We said you ask a good question. Look at that—that that question from from LC and from ALCR. That was a tough one. We understand yeah. if he's going to be making a, a decision like that. Man, that's tough. But that gives us some good uh, good stuff to talk about. Ask us good questions so we can uh, we can talk about it. So uh, now it is time for the final feature of the uh, of the podcast—the thing you guys are always waiting for. It's time for BMax Brisket Lock.
0: Let's go. So last week, uh, Devon A-Chain, uh, 20 carries, you would expect more against a against South Carolina, with n- only 99 yards, one touchdown, seven catches, 57 yards, so it's a good week for him. Uh, you would have liked to have seen another touchdown, which would have really put him into that top 10 fantasy running backs uh, output. I think he finished the day RB 18. So that was a mild one. Uh, it was a good pick for sure, but uh, nothing, nothing incredible. I expected more out of a and against South Carolina and on the flip side. And we talked about him last week. Marshawn Lloyd is a legit NFL running back in the future. Him at South Carolina. just looks incredible. He's so much fun to watch. And, um, just like I said last week, where I thought maybe Marshawn Lloyd would be my pick, he would have also been a really good pick last week. Um, so yeah, your guy, Aranda Gadsden.
1: So, Aranda Gadsden, so he didn't have a great day, but he still had a good day. He was playing at Clemson, six catches, 86 yards, 11.6 fantasy points. Um, again, that that game changed when Clemson change their quarterback in the fourth quarter uh he still played good like i said i wanted to see a little bit more out of him uh, i didn't expect he was going to be putting uh Hinton hooker type numbers when when you picked him be playing at alabama but Aronde Gadsden is the real deal if he goes into clemson and he still gets six for 86 um and that's probably going to be the, the 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 bottom of what he produces this year ronda gatson ginger is going to be uh, the real deal going forward
0: agreed he's so good i got to watch a lot of that game and uh He's another one that just looks different. He looks like an NFL receiver. Um, all right. So for this week, we got the this, same guy. <laughs> this week
1: was interesting. This week was interesting. We both were angled at the same guy. So it means maybe you have a little brain lock. Maybe I am learning from the sensei when it comes to the, uh, the brisket locks. Oh, <laughs> get out so, of here. So I think we may have different <laughs> reasons for it here. So BMAC, why don't you unveil who our brisket lock is this week and why?
0: Ashton Genti did I say that right? Jenty. Boise State. Genty. You're right. Genty. Uh, I knew it didn't sound right. Anyways, yeah, he's, he's getting a lot of the touches. Your boy Halani's been out um, and may come back this week, but they've, they've got such a great matchup. So I think Genty uh, could end up being a, a, a breakout performance this week. He got a lot of carries last week. I think he led Boise State with 17 carries maybe he might get more this week and then he he's just he looks like he's the future
1: yeah the one thing i will say about about genti and boise state um you said last week Alani was dressed and um and he just he dressed he just didn't play on the sideline genti got the start he looked really good when he was in the game he didn't play if i remember correctly he didn't play most of the second half job boise is very deep at running back uh, i mean i think they had five six guys that took carries. Um, but Genty got a little dinged up and uh didn't put him back in at halftime. But um I would just the one thing I would say is just keep a, a an eye out for that. There's not been any information saying that Genty is not gonna play this week. There's nothing out there saying that. But because we know that in college uh college football, they, they're not uh forthcoming with injury information, just make sure if you're gonna go use the brisket lock for this week, make sure he's actually gonna play. If he does, uh, and even when Holani's been playing he's been getting uh i don't want to say equal carries maybe 40 45% of the carries he's a, he's a true freshman and he's been the real deal um and uh Gente is definitely going to be a good play they're playing against a defense that's given up a lot of yards um so uh, let's let's hope the Genty's in and we can uh, we can have some good plates of brisket next week
0: absolutely i i did think about Evan Stewart and if i knew who was starting at quarterback i i was potentially going to pick him but um, just cause of all the targets he's been getting and, uh, he'll continue. Looks like the rest of the year, he'll be featured in the offense. And sadly though, I'm in a spot where I've got to start him either way this week.
1: That's right. That's right. So guys, this is the end of the podcast. We hope that you guys are going to be just like us and you guys can survive the insanity. That is the bi-week apocalypse in week nine. Hopefully mm-hmm. you guys perform well. You guys can be on the, uh, on a, on a uh, the path to be able to get a playoff spot um hopefully i can actually win a game so i can get myself back into that number six spot Bmac, you're already uh, aren't you already have you already clinched a spot
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah so uh bmac has already clinched a spot in the cfc i think playoffs. i'm a
0: one win from clinching a bye
1: oh my goodness oh my goodness i just got to be able to jump in <laughs> so i can uh, get some revenge on the on the the absolute pounding that you gave me last week on the on the fantasy scoreboard but uh, do I really think I'm going to be able to do that? Probably not. My team is, uh, is is limping by right now. But I just want to be able to get into the dance. Just want to get into the dance, baby.
0: I've got such the worst matchups against Gordy. If I somehow beat him, uh, he's never going to forget about it. <laughs> I've got. I've had to starting probably Etn against Georgia. Starting probably Singleton at Ohio State or no, uh, against Penn against Ohio state, at least. Ugh, it's going to be awful. Maybe.
1: All right, fellas. So it's, uh, thank you guys for coming out. Make sure you're up there on the discord. Make sure you're interacting with BMAC up there. Make sure that you guys are asking questions. You guys are giving us your injury reports. If you guys are fans of a certain conference or a certain team, make sure you're putting the information up there because you are probably going to have more of a focus on that team. Uh, than BMAC or I are going to and that's going to help us to be able to uh, get the most complete information out to you on this podcast as you see in my name down here tinyerell.com forward slash airs TPP2. I am on Kickstarter right now with uh, InSymmetry Creations my comic writing content creating uh, company. Would love to see you guys go up there and take a look at the, uh, the Kickstarter we have going on running through November 10th. We want you guys to get up there now. For BMAC my name is Matt Knowles. This has been the CFB Dynasty Podcast for Week 9. See ya!
0: See ya!